Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Welcome back to Beyond Your Best Plan. We are excited to be with you today and thank you for joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about self-care and really what value is it adding to your life. Self-care is a really important topic and I think we've been talking about it more in the last 30 years than we probably did 30 years before that. And I think it's a important topic for us to continue to talk about and how it plays out in our life on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly, and even yearly. I am here with my sisters today, Whitney and Claudette, and I would like to open the conversation up with starting with what are some things that you do that you consider self-care? I will open the conversation up with a morning routine that I have, and that is meditation. For me, that would be the start of my self-care every day and how it grounds me, frees my mind, and also opens my mind to be available for all that needs to come in and be of value for myself and what I'm doing that day. Ladies, anybody else have anything to offer in regards to something they might do for self-care in the morning? I'd start there as well, right? Before I even get out of bed, I start with gratitude, you know, Mm. just being grateful for another day. And then once I am up, I have a morning routine that includes meditation. It includes my morning pages. It includes exercise, visualization, affirmation. So, and it takes me a while. This is something that I have, cultivated over time and it's something that has changed over time so but like you getting my day started putting me in the right frame of mind making sure I am feeling physically alert that I am grounded in gratitude with an intention for the day of how I want to move through the day what I want to get done right my productivity Mm -hmm. and then Once I'm through my morning routine, like today, a little late start, was up late last night, so a little late start to the day. So I came, we're recording, I'm still in my workout clothes, a little wet. (laughs) (laughs) I think when we first got on the phone, I was still dripping wet. I'm I'm a little drier now, but I'll get dressed when we're done and and we'll start my work day. And one of the other things, you know, and aside from the morning routine that I just find really important, and we can talk more about this later and give Claudette a chance to talk about her morning, is just being mindful of what's needed 
throughout the day, right? Sometimes we'll get started with a morning routine and then we're not really paying attention to how we feel throughout the rest of the day. And I am someone, I think I may have said this numerous times in other episodes, I am prone to taking a nap in the middle of the day. And um, I do that because I feel like that's where I am. And I, since I work for myself, I can create a schedule that allows that flexibility and to be in touch and tune in in touch with what I need, which I feel like is really important for self-care. So that's how I get my day started and a little bit of moving through it. I love it. And you are really, really dedicated to your morning routine. That's one thing I love about you, Whitney, is you are 100% committed. And I almost can like count on knowing what Whitney's done in the morning, whether I'm with her or not with her. She lives on the opposite side of the country from me. But I do feel like I know what's up going on with you from 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. sometimes even. But I had a question. You said that you get your pages in. What morning that pages. Mean? So morning pages is a um, it's a practice. It's a writing practice that comes from Julia Cameron's um, book, The Artist's Way. Mm. And I, I've probably mentioned this before. It is a the goal is creativity and to get rid of the blocks that stunt our creativity. And earlier this year. I wasn't writing. I've got some book projects that I'm working on and I wasn't writing and I was just feeling like it wasn't going anywhere. And someone suggested it, uh, suggested the book. And so the practice is to write three handwritten pages first thing in the morning. Like and a dump? It's a mind dump. Exactly. Yes, That's exactly gotcha. what it is. It's like get everything out that, you know, it, that's blocking you from whatever. Um, And the interesting thing was when I first started the pages, it took a couple of weeks. It was, you know, I'm writing feverishly like these three handwritten pages and I'm writing, writing. And for the first two or three weeks, I still wasn't being productive in my writing. And then all of a sudden it was like floodgates and I was like writing and it was like, just stuff coming. I was publishing stuff and contributing to books and, and doing all kinds of things. And so it, it has absolutely helped, but not just with my writing, but my creative process overall. And it's one of those things where when your mind is bogged down with other things, it's difficult right? To be able to tap into your creativity because other things are going on. So it, that's something that's really important. I will confess, I have not every single day written three pages. I have not every single day done it in the morning, but overall I have, and it's made a huge difference in my life in terms of the creative process. Well, and I love that. Let's wrap that around to what that means for self-care. When you're opening yourself up, the self-care is that you're achieving 
what your deepest desire was, which was to get back to contributing and get back to writing and get back to sharing. And so the self-care is you were frustrated before and you found a resource through talking about the frustration, through getting advice from another possible mastermind, maybe another podcast, something, and then you took action. So, you know, the self-care can even come from just a deep desire. And the care part is finding a way to make that deepest desire occur. And then taking action. You can't just, oh, hey, my deep desire is I want to write. And hey, I'm going to make that happen. No. Absolutely. And I think the important point of that is the mindfulness piece, right? Mm -hmm. And it's hard to take care of yourself if you don't know what you need. And the other thing that we talk about frequently here is being vulnerable and being willing. I was willing to share. I'm not afraid of sharing my failings in life. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. I'm not afraid of sharing. And so you're right. I, I just happened to be saying I was struggling with something, was talking to an artist. She's actually a painter. And this is not only does she use morning pages, she incorporates it into her art. So she, the things that her strings of consciousness are actually included in her pieces, which I thought was really sort of cool. But again, it is being in touch with what you need in any given moment. And that's the whole point of mindfulness. That's the point for me, anyway, of having a morning routine. It isn't just so I can say, oh, look at me, I have a morning routine. It's to be able to take care of myself so that I can give and pour from a full cup. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of from trying to pour from an empty cup and then feeling like a martyr or people are taking advantage of me or are worn down. And the nap piece of that comes in from understanding that there's something that I need in any given moment. And so I, I think this is an absolutely crucial topic. And the just number one piece of advice, you don't have to do it the way I do it or Sarah does it or or Claudette does it or the way anyone else does it, but figure out what it is you need that will help you to feel the way you want to feel ultimately and to, to do the things that you want to do. Well, and I mean, also, you know, just Carefully listen, you're planning for success here, you know, plan for success, right? Don't plan for failure or or allow failure to creep in and self-mastery is self-control that keeps you going in that right direction. So, you know, as well as it being self-care, it's self-mastery and it's self-control and it's awareness and mindfulness. Claudette, I know that you have some really powerful self-care tools that you're using. Share with us a couple of those today. I love everything Whitney just said. And mm-hmm. you so for me, my morning is sacred. I like to have about an hour just waking up and being in bed. I do a little bit of reading. I do visualization. I don't necessarily meditate, but I visualize. So very similar. 
and I visualize my day and how it will actually end with things being done. And so that's a very powerful thing. If I have something that I don't desire in my life, I visualize the solution to it. And I begin to see the solution versus the problem. This is very sacred time for me because it's me turning inward and I won't compromise this time. I book my workouts around it. You know, so I do all of this in the morning. I visualize first, I read a little bit, I work out. And then, you know, we've talked about morning. And so I used to do a lot more in the morning. Like I used to have all these different things. But the most important thing that I've found for me is the visualization. So I have really taken my morning routine down and simplified it. And I feel a wholeness, like a fullness in my heart when I do this. If I miss it, I, you know, don't like it. And then I'll go, okay, I need to do it today anyway. Like I'll do it at some point. So like if my schedule, I'm traveling and something happens and I can't quite do it, I do make sure I still do it that day at some point. I'm all about a 20 minute nap because I will work, you know, 15, 16 hours. And so not every day, but I do it a lot. And so that 20 minute nap just gives me a burst of energy. And I love getting my toes done at the nail salon. I absolutely love it, and I pay for the upgraded pedicure and the extra massage, and I go to a salon that they offer you something to drink, and I just sit there, and I really enjoy that moment, and it's my time. I also love getting my hair blown out, and so that's another thing that I do for myself, and I wouldn't be a good person to go get lashes and then have to keep getting them. Because I don't maintain like my toes. I do, I do my pedicure once a month, right? And I get gel so that it doesn't chip off and, you know, so, but I only do it once a month. So I wouldn't be the good every two week person, right? But once a month, I'm ready for it. Also, when, if you ever step into that place where you, you start to feel the pressure of things, I've learned for me, that is just a perception, And so self-care for me would be to just stop for a second and dissect it as in breaking it down into smaller things and doing a visualization to move beyond it. And so I'll take a break out of the day, 10, 15 minute break, and then I'll regroup and I'll visualize. And then I'll go back into that same situation that I felt pressure on and the pressure's gone. So for me, self-care is that which keeps you in your power. And that which keeps you in a state of peace. But, you know, I mean, you know, I share with everyone that I don't run away from something. I don't run away from confrontation or anything like that. So I don't avoid people that take my peace. I actually turn inward and get to the point that I have peace regardless of what the hell is happening. Okay. So to me, that's power. However, I am always seeking for that truth and that knowledge that keeps me in my peace. And to me, that's the highest level of self-care I could give myself. You know, that's- I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
the best gift that I could grant myself is to be at peace. And regardless of what's happening, what someone has said, what someone's doing and blessing them, you know, and just understanding they probably said it or did it based on something I believed anyway, because I believe we are the operant power and everything comes from us. And so I just bless everybody for showing me the junk in my soul that I need to get truth on. (laughs) You know, uh, Claudette, I absolutely agree with you that ultimately it's like we can do all of the things. Ultimately, if you don't have some sense of peace or a movement towards what it is that you really value, then you're sort of missing the whole point of self-care, right? The point is to help you to be fully who you are meant to be. And so I love the conversation about peace. Peace is like my highest value. And it's something that I realized had been missing from my life when, you know, years ago, decades ago now, when I was going still like at the tail end of the divorce and and child custody and all of that. And and I came to a place where it's like, I just need some peace in my life. And that's how I got started meditating. I didn't know how else to, to go about it. And it seemed to me that people who meditated and my only real visual of people who meditated were monks. And so it's like, well, they seem peaceful, right? So I'm going to meditate. That was how I got started. And it has morphed over decades into other things and other practices that I incorporate. But all of it is to that same end, right? And so whether it is related to my job and or now the work that I do, the job I used to have with the work that I do now you know, and productivity, if I'm not being productive, gives me some angst, right? Finding, getting back to a place to have peace about that. And I think the biggest gift is, as you said, is walking in peace regardless of the circumstances. And that is the goal, to always be in peace regardless of what's happening externally, because the internal is so grounded and in peace that the rest of it doesn't matter. Now that's self-care on the next level, ladies. Such a great share. Thank you, both of you. Yes. Yeah, it takes some time and it takes, I think, an intentionality that we often don't put into something not because we don't want to, but because they're, I think our society, American society, I should say, because we've got global listeners, but in the American society, there's this, I don't know if it's an assumption, a presumption, or some sense of entitlement that everything is supposed to be right all the time, right? Our founding documents say that we're entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that is often twisted into we are entitled to be happy. And in our feeling of entitlement to be happy, that means everything around us should be the way we want, right? And and these are these little incremental 
sort of mindsets. And that's, that's not how any of this works. We have to be willing to be intentional to create the life that we want. It's not that it's just, you know, you desire it and it falls down from on high. We have to work for that. There's intentionality because as much as I do everything that I feel is right, I am still impacted by the free will and choices of other people. And therefore, I have to do some things that help me in my interaction with them and navigating what's happening. And so it, it's okay for you to be conscious and consciously aware of actions that you need to take instead of thinking it's just supposed to be automatic that you having to intentionally make choices and decisions. That's just part of the process. I love that, Whitney. And it kind of brings into another like thread of thought process into what you're saying is a lot of times we're on autopilot. And one area I really look around and see people on autopilot is with their health. And I am not the health guru. Catherine is missing from our call today. She would have so much value to add here. But for I am coming out of a long journey of working on my health. And that has brought me to an awareness of all of the other people around are not caring for their health. And that their health has become the last thing on the list that they want to take care of. But when I actually, I would say like six months ago, I was coaching someone and they were, let's say they were on letter T of where they wanted to go with coaching. Really, we needed to get back to starting at the beginning of the alphabet or A, B, and C. We had to get back to the beginning of alphabet and understanding the basics. And one of the things that was holding this person back on 10 different levels of their life was health. And what they weren't, they had addressed it with the doctor. And then once they got like a slight, well, you'll be fine, or something didn't work for them, they gave up on continuing the process. And the lack of health for this person meant easily 120 pounds overweight, not sleeping at night, maybe more than three hours by rec- recording those the data that you get on your arm, sleep apnea, no oxygen, lack of oxygen going to the brain, lack of, of almost blood flow during sleep because of the way that they were positioned so far backwards. So then what you know what was their brain hap- what was happening while they were sleeping? And that's just the beginning. I'm just naming a couple of physical things that were happening for that person, but it ends up in lack of motivation, not getting up to go work out, not doing the important things to support the family, not set an example for the family, not showing up for the community when they needed to, you know, the list goes on. And I've, I can say that because I've been that person and stay in there and say that I've let the health kind of take control versus me being in charge of it. So sometimes self-care can be as simple as going to the eye doctor 
and getting the prescription and wearing the glasses that you need to so that you can read the texts that are coming in. You can read the email. You can read the ingredients on the back of the food label. You can read what your kid's report card says. Yes. You can read what your bank statement says. So so we're all, if everybody could see us, we're like shaking our heads. Yes. I feel like we're in (laughs) a girl. Yes. Yes, you can't be on autopilot. You cannot be on autopilot. Do you not put gas in your car? Right. (laughs) Do you not put gas in your car and have air in your tires go down the road? If you put gas in your car, have air in your tires, then please don't ignore what's going on in your life as if you could push it back, push it away, and not address it. And this includes the health thing. And then all of a sudden it's gone so far, you're like, you know, whatever. And I'm going to say, Sarah, you didn't ignore it. Don't even try to tell me you did because we've walked through this with you and you have been trying to investigate it, figure it out, seeking answers. And you literally did find the answer. True. I'm going to say to everyone else, that is what you need to do. You can't and it took me eight years. Five concentrated. Up. Yeah, and exactly. You can't give up. up. Yes. And, and you discovered a situation that you're reversing now that the you know doctor hadn't discovered in forever. I mean, it was just a bizarre, here we go. Oh, we can fix this. And now you're on the road to recovery. But you know what? Don't give up in... I just don't ignore your health. I mean, you put gas in the car. So, you know, think about what you're putting in your body. I think we get to a point where we accept that whatever we are feeling is, well, that's just the way it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And every now and then I get my husband and will tease me. I'll get up. I've got issues with my knees. I've had surgery on one knee and I, I keep doing things and maybe I need a session with Claudette to find out why I keep tweaking this other knee doing things like stepping in holes (laughs) (laughs) but but my husband I'll get up from a chair and you know I've got to brace myself in order to get my knees to sort of lock in place so that I can get up but I have not just accepted that that's the state of the rest of my life, right? I am constantly doing things that are meant to help strengthen my knees so that I can, that's not who I want to be. And I don't feel like I'm old enough. I actually have a birthday soon. Yes, you do. We all have have a birthday soon. But, you know, I'm no spring chicken, but I don't feel like I'm old enough that I should just accept that this is the stat- that my status for the rest of my life. And you don't have to do that. And so it goes back to what is it that you want? What is your vision for your life, for your physical and mental and emotional well-being, right? Health and well-being. It doesn't have to be whatever it is right now. You don't have to accept that if what you have is not what you want, you don't have to accept it. It's going to take some intentional effort on your part, but it's probably easier to do the intentional effort than to live with the conditions that are creating something in your life that you don't want. Because you'll look back over your life and probably wish that you had taken some action, right? And so just take it. Look out for yourself. 
take an assessment. We did an episode where we talked about the will of life, right? You can Mm -hmm. look that up in the will of life in health and wellness. Your self-care would incorporate all the categories in the will. Financial, right? If you're stressed about your finances, do something about it. That will be an act of self-care. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have tended to think that the self-care is going to get a massage and mani pedis, and those are fun and great. And yes, do them. But it is more the internal stuff that helps to set you up and put you on the path for the life that you want. That if you do that, then the self that is your self-care. And you will then be well cared for. Yeah, I love that, Whitney, that you mentioned emotional self-care because that's something we haven't quite talked a ton about today. And I totally agree. I remember kind of hitting a crossroad of just felt like my husband and I were repeating the same behavior over and over and over. And we weren't getting anywhere. We were kept talking, but we were spinning our wheels talking. And I kind of assumed it was all his problem. And when I embarked on my emotional healing journey and dove a little bit deeper into healing that side of myself was when I understood that he didn't have any work to do. I did. The only person that I could self-care for in that moment was me. I couldn't make him do anything different. And so the moment I really reflected on gaining the tools to self-reflect or change my behavior in the relationship is when the self-care took over and the relationship grew. So again, emotionally, you know, the self-care, you could say, well, I need to get rid of this person or get out of this situation emotionally so that I won't feel that way anymore. It might just mean the self-care is joining a program, right? Something that's going to help you heal in a relationship that might not be, that might be causing stress or angst. And so I think that We've talked about food, we've talked about health, we've talked about spas, exercising, walking, being outside, naps, quiet time, page writing, writing your pages to get creative again. So we hope that you've heard that self-care isn't just about getting your hair did, getting your toes done getting a massage, going on a date. All of those are great self-care things. (laughs) All of those are a plus plus, right? Add, add, plus plus. But the real self-care starts with yourself and taking care. And oftentimes for us, at least, maybe not you, it starts with us in the morning and how that we prepare ourselves to face the day and create successes, in the morning so that we are our best self moving forward. Final, final from you ladies, anything fabulous that you'd like to add as we wrap up this great podcast today? Just get clear about what it is you want. How do you want to feel? How do you want to navigate Mm. the world, your life, your relationships, your work? Go back to that wheel of life and see where you are and then see where you want to go and give yourself permission to take the time to do that. And I think 
you will find that if you give yourself permission, because we're so go, go, go all the time, we don't give ourselves permission to just think, to dream, to explore, to be curious. I spent the last two days laying in the pool, just thinking and feeling. What do I want to feel? And so give yourself that permission. And I think you'll find that that will help put you on the path to self-care that's right for you. Mm, Awesome. I love it. It all starts with us. And don't nobody need a martyr. Don't nobody need a doormat. So I'm just going to sit here and say, if you're doing that junk, you need to stop. And nobody respects a doormat. What they do is they wipe their feet on it. So care about yourself first. And then you can take care of everyone else. This is about bringing your best self to the table. So you can play with everybody else at your best level. And so what does that look like? Do that. I love that, Claudette, because it just really imprints even more that it is self care not they care not she care not we care it's self-care and it starts inside thank you for joining us this is the fab five with beyond your best plan let us know in the chat on facebook or instagram how you're taking the best self-care of yourself have a great day The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.